Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I'll give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and courage and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law, to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so you will be very careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come before your presence, I ask that you come speak to us this morning. Tune our hearts towards you so that we may receive from you all that you have for us. God, I'm a vessel. I ask that you stand in my body, think through my mind, and speak through my vocal cords the things you want us to know, say, and do. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you. Speak, Lord, for we are listening in Jesus' name. Amen. So the title of our message this morning is Courageous Faith. And we just read from the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 1. Now, before we get to where we read, the nation of Israel had been in slavery in Egypt for over 400 years. And God raised a deliverer in the person of Moses. And as we know the story, Moses was saved when he was a baby and raised in the palace. And when he grew up, he saw how the Israelites were being mistreated. And so he decided to take matters into his own hands. So one day, he approached a taskmaster who was whipping a slave, and he killed him. And he had to flee for his life in the desert. And Moses ran away because he knew he would be killed if he, if he stayed in Egypt because of what he had committed, the crime he had committed, murder. And for 40 years, Moses was in the wilderness until one day he came in contact with God through the burning bush. God appeared to him and sent him to deliver the people of Israel. And as we know the story in the book of Exodus, Moses went and faced Pharaoh and God sent 10 plagues upon the Egyptians. And, the, and, and when Pharaoh and the Egyptians could not take it anymore, they had to let the people of Israel go. They had to set them free. And as we know the story, they went out of Egypt and headed for the promised land. 
And when they came across the Red Sea, Pharaoh would not relent. He sent his army to capture them again, take them back into slavery. And as we know the story, God parted the Red Sea and all the Egyptian army were drowned in the Red Sea. And God led them out of Egypt. And as we know, the nation of Israel became fully dependent on God, yes, but they were also dependent on Moses because through in and through him, God worked wonders. Miraculous things happened, like the parting of the Red Sea. You know, when they were hungry and they were in the wilderness, God provided manna and quail. When they were thirsty, when they were in Meribah and the water was bitter, they came and complained to Moses. And Moses struck a rock. The Lord had instructed them, instructed Moses to touch the rock so that water would, would flow. But Moses struck the rock and water uh, flowed. Even though the children of Israel, Israel had witnessed the faithfulness of God, they were stubborn and sinful. And so God decided to wipe out that generation of Israel that had come out of Egypt until a new generation was ready to get into the promised land. So you have this new generation of Israelites who have been born and have been wandering in the desert for over 40 years. They looked up to Moses. And that brings us to this point where we read the book of Joshua. So we come to this turning point in the history of Israel where its iconic and legendary leader Moses is now dead. I want you to think about that situation. What would you what would you have done if you were one of the Israelites in that moment when the greatest leader of all time Moses was no more? I'm sure a lot of people were sick to their stomach. A lot of people were hurting. They seemed like a sheep without a shepherd. They were mourning. They were hurting. Look at this time last year. If I recall correctly, the pandemic was just at its beginning stages. And some of us, what we thought was, we'll just hunker down home for a few weeks and this disease will pass by. You know, the most pessimistic person said, you know, maybe six months, you know, but for sure, this is not going to be a big deal. And fast forward a year later, and we have over half a million people dead, and that's in the U.S. alone. It is a trying time. For those of you who have been here even before, this pandemic reminds you of past tragedies in this country, like the 9-11 attack. It reminds you of all those moments where life was not easy. Maybe it reminds you of the of, uh, of the great uh, the, the 2008 financial crisis. It takes you to this point where it was a great loss, a great loss of life, a great loss of opportunities, a great loss of in the economy. And what do you do in that situation? God challenges the children of Israel at this point in their, in their mourning, in their loss. He says it's time to move forward. 
Joshua, it's time to move forward. You and I, it's our time to move forward. I know we've lost a big deal. You know, in this pandemic, some people have lost lives of their loved ones. Some people have lost their jobs. They've lost opportunities. They've lost relationships. And God is challenging us. Are you ready to move forward? Because we cannot dwell in the past. Sometimes we look at the things we've lost. And it's such, we think this, this, this could never be topped. Like nothing could ever be better than this. I'm sure that the children of Israel felt that way when they heard of Moses' death. He was a great leader. He had brought them this far. God had worked miracles in and through him. And they just thought there's no way a better leader would come along. There's no way we can get over this because his loss is a great loss. And I'm not denying that. Whatever you and I have lost in the past year is a great loss. But we come to a point where we need to be courageous. Take that courageous step of faith and cross the Jordan River ahead of us. And so God speaks to Joshua. And Joshua himself, God had prepared him. We don't know much about Joshua's history. But if you read from the Bible, it becomes abundantly clear that he was born a slave probably in Egypt. You see, he was born a slave, but he did not let that determine who he was in life. He did not play the victim. Joshua was faithful and obedient, and he was used by God. He started at a very low rank. He served as Moses' assistant, as we read in the book of Exodus. And he had that fight in him where Moses appointed Joshua, as we read in Exodus chapter 17, to lead the battle against the Amalekites. And he led the children of Israel in battle against the Amalekites and they prevailed by the work of God, that miraculous work of God where Moses' hands were held up and Joshua and his men fought down in the valley until Israelites overcame. Friend, the battles we face in this world prepares us for the next battle. Everything that you're going through, Joshua had to overcome slavery. He became a mighty warrior and he had to fight every battle because every battle he faced prepared him for the next one. The Bible says we are pilgrims in this world. And the enemy is not going to make it easy for us. You know, we won't just drift into paradise. Like the enemy will try, will bring temptations our way. He will bring diseases our way. He will bring bad company our way. He'll bring all sorts of influence to deter us from enjoying what God has fully prepared for us. And we see Joshua was prepared. He was battle tested. For him to get to this moment where God speaks to him to take the next step. Not only was he a warrior, but he was a faithful servant. A faithful servant, he, serviced, he served faithfully under Moses. 
And God saw his heart. God saw how faithful he was. How faithful he was with the little things. And God brought him to this point where he could be entrusted with something much more than just being Moses' servant. Here he was standing as the next leader of Israel. Joshua was a faithful servant. He was obedient. We see in the book of Exodus again, when Moses sent the 12 spies to go into the land, uh, the promised land, and survey and bring back the report. There were 12 that were sent. However, two spies came back with a faithful report. And who were those guys? Joshua and Caleb. The other 10 said, we've gone there. We've seen how those guys are huge. It's like every basketball player lives on the promised land. Like literally, that's what the other spies were saying. Those guys are huge. There's no way we can even face them in battle. But Joshua and Caleb, they brought a faithful report. They said, we can move and possess the land. If this is the land God has promised us, it can be done. And so Joshua was faithful. God had prepared him. And as we read in verse 2, the Lord tells Joshua, Moses, my servant, is now dead. Now you and all these people get ready, arise. In other words, God is saying, get up. It is time to get up. It is time to get up from... God is, God is telling us to get up. Rise, arise, and go. It is time for us to cross the Jordan River. We cannot get stuck in the past. We cannot get stuck mourning our loss. It is time for us to get up and move on. God wants us to move forward. Friend, that is not a suggestion. God is not suggesting that we... He's not suggesting that, oh, do you want to get up? No, it's a command. God is telling you and I, arise, get up, and move on. You know, as Christians, maybe with the pandemic and staying at home, it's become comfortable for us to sit down. Some of us, we sit out of fear, fear of failure. Some of us sit because we've gotten comfortable We've gotten used to just being the bench warmers and we watch other people do the work. We've become spectators. Some people sit because they feel disqualified, out of guilt. They feel like there's no way God can use me because I don't feel qualified. You know, you wouldn't understand if only you knew how messed up my life is. God is saying, Arise, get up. It is time to move forward. Some of us sit because we're just self-absorbed. We're self-content. We feel like there's nothing else we need to do. We're comfortable where we're at. I've always said the troubles of this world is a reminder for you and me that this world is not our home. And maybe this is the message for you this morning. God is saying, Get up. Stop standing on the sideline. It's time for you to get your hands dirty. Get your hands doing the work. It's time for you to get your life up and moving again. And as we, so as we read, God tells the people of Israel, get up. And the timing for getting up is not later 
But now, like right now, friend, it is time that you and I arise. And why should the uh, Israelites arise and go forward? Read with me in verse 3. God gives them a promise. In verse 3, God says, I'll give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Let me pause right there. God says, it is time for us to arise because there's a promise that he has for us. Your life and my life, we have been designed for a mission. We've been created here for a mission. I've always said, as long as you have breath in your lungs, there's a purpose, there's a reason why you're alive. And God is saying, I have a purpose for you. And that will not come to fulfillment if, we, if you do not arise. It does not come into fulfillment if we are sitting. Verse 4 says, Your territory will ex- extend from the desert to, uh, desert to Lebanon and from the great river Euphrates all the Hittite county to the great sea on the west. God begins to draw the boundary of this promised land. God will give us specific visions. I believe God is calling us in this time, in this season, for something that we should accomplish. And we need to understand the boundary of that promise. God is not calling you and I to do everything. But there's a specific area that God wants to use you. And only you can be used by God in that area if you're willing and obedient enough to heed to his word. If you're willing and, uh, and able to stick to his promise. And so God gives Joshua the boundary of the land. And look at the next promise. He says, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. For me, that is very reassuring. What a great assurance from God to know that he'll always be by our side. Jesus made the same promise to us and he makes the same promise to you. Friend, are you at a place where you feel discouraged? Like God, you feel like God has abandoned you. He, in his word, he says right here, he says, no one will stand against you because I will be with you all the days of your life. And God reminds Joshua, he says, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. You know what's interesting? In the Bible, there are over 3,000 promises of God and, it co- and all these promises cover every facet of life. Now, we don't have time to go through each and every promise, but this is one of those where I look at it and go, isn't God good? Because his promises are not just for the past. Like we see the promise here, of course, covering the past. He says, as I was with Moses, if you look into your past, has God been good to you? I mean, let me help you. Are you breathing right now? Isn't God good? According to statistics, you and I should have been dead, right? And yet here we are, alive and breathing. This promise is not just for the past. But it says, as I was with Moses, Moses, I will be with you. So there's a continuous presence of God walking with us as we journey through this life, as we accomplish the things that he has called us to do. And the promise doesn't just stop in the present. It goes on, it says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. This is a future promise as well. 
One thing I love about the promises of God is that they get tested. God's promises will, be te- will get tested as you believe them, as you walk in them. Not to shake your faith, not to make you feel discouraged, but so that you can have it ingrained in your DNA that God is really good. Think of a time where God's promises came to pass in your life. I have countless where I look back at my life and go, God, you have been good. And because I have that, I don't need any other reason. I don't need any other knowledge, any other explanation or phenomena to keep me going because I know God is good. God is faithful to his word. His promises, as the Bible says, are yes and amen. And God gives us these promises so that we can stay focused, so that we can get up and move forward with what he's called us to do. And he gives the same thing to the children of Israel through Joshua. He reminds them, he says, I've been faithful. You have seen the miracles that brought you out of Egypt. You've seen the providence I gave you while in the wilderness. So you can be certainly 100% sure that when we cross over Jordan, I will be with you because I am that good. I'm a faithful God and my word do not return void. And so God speaks um, a word of encouragement again to Joshua. Verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. In verse 7 again, God repeats, not for the sake of being redundant. He says, be strong and courageous. And we'll see him repeat this again in verse 9. Be strong and courageous. Why did God have to tell Joshua to be strong and courageous? Because he was not strong or courageous. Sometimes even when we have been prepared for what will come in life, we sometimes just don't have it in us to be that strong. Sometimes we don't have it in us to be courageous because it looks ridiculous. It looks impossible. God had to tell Joshua to be strong and courageous because the task he was asking Joshua seemed impossible. And I'll tell you why. Remember when Joshua and Caleb and the other ten spies went and spied the land of Canaan? What they saw struck fear in them and they knew they would be outnumbered. There was no way they would overcome the land except for Joshua and Caleb. They believed that by God, they would be able to do so. Are you looking at God's promise for your life and going, this is impossible? May I remind you who the expert in this promise is? What does God say in his word? He says, for with him, nothing is impossible. Joshua looks ahead into Canaan. There's seven nations waiting to battle them. Imagine fighting second, I mean, seven consecutive nations. You're just, you know, coming out of Egypt. A small group of Israel, Israelites, maybe in their thousands. And you have to battle seven different nations. 
31 different kings. And God had to remind the children of Israel. God had to remind Joshua. And he wants to remind you and I. Let us be strong. Let us be courageous. I know you might be thinking, someone else needs to hear this message. No, you need to hear this message. As a father, as a, as a mother, as a parent, you need to hear this message. God is saying, be strong and courageous. Your kids are going to need it. As a husband, be strong and courageous. Your wife and your children are going to need this. As a wife, be strong and courageous because your husband and your family will need this. You need to be strong. You need to be courageous. You need to lead them into a place God wants you all to go. As an employee, you need to be strong and courageous. As an employer, you need to be strong and courageous so that you can lead your company, you can lead your organization to a place where God wants you to go. In this season, where we're beginning to see signs of relief, God wants you to be strong and courageous. And here's the thing. He gives a good reason why they should be strong and courageous. He says, be careful to obey all the law my servant gave, my, my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so you may be careful to do what's written in it. God instructs Joshua. He says, get up and move forward. Arise and move forward. And one thing that will make you get up and move forward is the promise that I have made to Moses and to the children of Israel and the promise that I am making to you. And these promises are found in none other than God's word. So God says, I want you to be strong and courageous and observe everything that my servant Moses has delivered to you. God gave his word through his servant Moses. And as we know from history, Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. And God said, observe everything. Observe the word. Do not turn to the right of it or to the left of it. But stick to God's word. If we want to have courageous faith, we need to believe in God's promises. And for us to believe in God's promises, we have to have it rooted in his word. Courageous faith comes from courageous promises found in God's word. God's word is key if we want to keep moving forward. The Bible says in Psalms 119 that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God's word guides us. God's word keeps us away from temptation. Psalms 119 verse 9 says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By observing the word and the law of the Lord. David would go further to say, I have kept this word, the word of God in my heart, so that I might not sin against you. The word of God is an an offensive weapon. In Ephesians, we see this beautiful picture of the of the arm of God, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth. All those armor are all defensive. 
But the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit, is the offensive weapon that God has given and entrusted us with. We've seen Jesus use the word of God when he was tempted by the devil. He would say, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. It is written, man, do not put the Lord, the, the Lord your God into the test. It is written, worship the Lord your God alone and only him will you serve. Jesus wielded this weapon so that we can learn from him. If you want to be, have courageous faith, you need to go on offense with the word of God. And yes, people will take offense to his word. But that is your weapon. And God tells Joshua, you want to see to live another day? You want to make it to the other side of Jordan? Have the word of God with you. Observe it. Gird it. Meditate upon it. Now I know Whenever we hear meditation, we think of Eastern religion and we think of uh, emptying one's mind or transcendent thinking. What God is saying here is not saying just empty your mind. With the Christian faith, it's quite the opposite. It is us filling our minds with the word of God, bringing into memory God's promises, God's word, so that we can practically live it and apply it in our daily lives. God says, meditate upon this word day and night. Fill your mind day and night with his word. And only then will you be successful. Friend, if you're going to have courageous faith in this season, if you're going to get up and move forward, if you want to see success, and I'm not just talking about what the world defines as success, but for you to see eternal glory. You need to hold on to God's promise. You need to observe his word. Guard it with your heart. Guard it with your life. Meditate upon it. Embrace God's word. Be washed by his word. And the greatest word of all is the word. Jesus is the word. Invite him into your life. Let him define the course of your life. He can only do that to a surrendered heart. A courageous heart is a surrendered heart before God. A courageous faith is a faith based in the finished work of Jesus. A courageous faith is a faith gu guided by the Holy Spirit. As we respond, I want you to think again, back to where we began. Think of where you're at right now. Think back. See how God has been faithful. I want you to explore your loss. But before Christ. And hear him gently say, Arise, my son. Arise, my daughter. It is time to move on. Because you have courageous faith.